Hey guys, welcome back to Jesus Time, where we talk about what Jesus tells us in our times with Him. I'm your host, Gisela Lou, and today we have the specialists of special guests. We have the, the pastor, super husband, super father, Asian Adonis, Frank Lou. <laughs> Hi there. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You guys, we've been married for 25 years, and I still adore this man, uh, even more than the day I married him. And so to have him on is such a treat for me. And guys, I'm just going to be bold and say it's going to be a treat for you. And this is why. Uh, Frank is, in my opinion, but there is some evidence to back up this opinion, I feel like he is supernaturally gifted with wisdom. And what I love about what he's going to bring today is he's going to round out the Christian dating podcast that Talia talked about last week. Her perspective, her experiences, her advice, I thought, were so encouraging. And one of the things she said was, my dad did not let me date in high school, and I'm so (laughs) glad for that. (laughs) And it struck me because you typically don't hear young people saying that they are happy for the restrictions their parents put on them. And so I thought it would be so encouraging for us, whether you're a parent or a young person, to hear the thoughts behind the boundaries that were put up, the heart behind it, and all the things, all of the wisdom that Frank brought into this to shepherd and parent all of our kids through the awkward minefield that is Christian dating. So we're just going to ask some questions and get started. You feel good about that, Frank? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Thanks so much, honey. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and just get started. And can you just speak on some thoughts about dating standards that you set for our kids? Yeah. I mean, I would obviously begin by saying there are dating standards we set. Um, I mean, we're, we've obviously been in this together. <laughs> um, and I do think that one of the things that has helped quite a bit is that uh, even though we might approach things a little bit differently, I think when it comes to dating, you're a bit more militant than I am. I'm a bit more protective. <laughs> um, but in terms of what how we view dating, mm-hmm. I think we're very, very similar, right? I think neither one of us views, uh, we have a, this philosophical belief, right? That mm-hmm. dating should be kind of this prelude to uh, marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and it doesn't have to be for everyone. I don't think that's how mm-hmm. everyone should believe it. But I think you and I share that we're not believers in simply dating for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that for both of us, uh, we feel like that leads to some places that can just lead to a lot of regret and decisions mm. made that uh, will affect um, your life. And, and it's just, we've seen the harm that comes from it. Not to say there is mm. no good side that comes out of dating for fun, but both you and I believe just that mm. dating should be a prelude to marriage. Mm-hmm. So I think with that said, um, I think then it helped us form what dating should look like, right? If we look and view it, dating is a prelude to a potential marriage, right? Then that's not to say that every dating relationship has to end in marriage to that person. That would be crazy, right? Uh, But it is saying that, look, that if I'm choosing to date someone, um, then marriage is a potential on the horizon. 
And so for us, then it makes sense. Well, if our kid's 13 years old, then yeah, we agreed. We would not want our kids to be dating because marriage is not on the horizon to anyone. It doesn't matter who the person is. That's just not where they're uh, mm. where they should be at in their stage of life and so for mm. me um again if dating is just for fun then and parents feel like their 13 year olds can handle it you and i would be in disagreement but you know that's that's a that comes from a different philosophical and belief mm. place than where you and i were so that's where i think uh when we talk about this idea of dating standards i think it starts with just saying that you and i mm-hmm. uh, are on the same page in terms of what we believe right then after that i think the standards are come a bit more easily, mm. right? And so if we understood that dating's a prelude to marriage, then I think that's where the idea of, hey, we, we didn't want our kids dating in high school. Mm. Um, and I would say, Talia made that sound a bit more rigid than it was. It wasn't an absolute <laughs> rule, like there's absolutely no dating under any circumstance. Um, it was that we, we would say that we didn't want you dating in high school. However, if there's a situation where someone asked you out or you were interested, then have a conversation with us and we would move forward from there, right? But to have their default, we wanted our kids to even be able to say to someone who might ask, especially our daughters, who mm. a guy who might ask them out to date, yeah, my dad set this rule that I can't date um, and just as a protection mm. for them. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, anyway, I don't want to drone on but i do feel like even with talia she did go to prom on a date you know and so it's not like that rule was was hard and fast and and didn't have any nuance engaged sure i appreciate that and i appreciate the freedom you give because i know we know the bible does not say very much on dating sure if anything at all like it does not use the word dating that that may be an american word Um, yeah i'm not sure i haven't done a word study so Knowing that, knowing that the scriptures don't speak on dating and how the right way to go about it is, and yeah. uh, how did you go about, and we can say we, but I'm interviewing yes. you, so I get to put you in the hot seat, <laughs> sure. and I'm just asking questions. So how did you go about setting those standards and setting that philosophy from a biblical perspective, knowing that the Bible is kind of silent about dating? Yeah. No, agreed, right? And it's uh, sometimes even working with our kids through the season of life, it's been a bit of a frustration. <laughs> right? Lord, we would love more clarity, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but I, I do think um, for both of us, right, we did not want to mm. approach uh, dating and our children dating with fear, which mm. it's easy to do, right? There are kids. Um, being able to learn, I think right. one of the great challenges of parenting as our kids enter into teenage and older years is this tension that we have to manage of wanting to hold on to and protect and then also release, right? It is a, it's a constant balance. Whereas when our kids are younger, it's all about protecting and holding on to, right? right? Uh, but as they, they grew older, just having to have that where and when to release our kids Mm. um, and how to do that appropriately. And so I think dating is one of those, was one of those that we kind of had to work through. And we decided that we didn't want to approach it fearfully and we didn't want our kids to feel like dating was this uh, over-romanticized thing or something to fear, right? And so that's kind of, I think, uh, the mindset of how to approach Dating. I think of it more as uh, dating is a joy that should be unwrapped at its proper time. Ooh. Right? Um, and I love so, 
Yeah, I mean, so much of life is waiting to the right time, right? So Christmas, it's like part of the joy of Christmas is waiting until Christmas morning to open mm. presents, right? Part of the joy of driving is you have to wait until you're 16 or drinking alcohol. You have to wait till you're 18, right? Or, or, uh, or sorry, 21. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, that I think so much of life really is about waiting to release until the proper time. And I think dating, uh, again, as building on what we shared earlier, dating was the same thing, that we wanted to wait until the proper time and then encourage our kids to view it that way as well. And so when um, I think for us, some of the best things we gave our kids mm. was to give them the gift of being able to see a beautiful and loving marriage. Mm. Uh, and I think you and I have both been determined um, yeah. to live that openly in front of our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're not necessarily going to hide things right. um, from them. And, and that, yeah, the reality of marriage is that uh, it's not always perfect. Sometimes there's some challenges to marriage life and family life and living life right sure. and and we were uh, pretty open with our kids about mm, it um, mm-hmm. whether it's you know financial challenges or even things that mom and dad disagreed a bit on yeah. uh, and so I think that helped and so having a foundation mm. of openness and honesty allowed us to be able to share not just uh, our thoughts about dating but also the mm. principles uh, behind them wow that's so good I Guys, I don't know if you caught this, but there was so much wisdom in what was just said. Frank, I love how you talked about we did not want to give them an over-romanticized view of dating, but also not to be fearful of dating. And I think about the verse in Ecclesiastes in chapter 7 that says, the man who fears God will avoid all extremes. Yeah, absolutely. That's wisdom. That is so so wise and even what you said about the right time mm-hmm. that's another ecclesiastes from yeah. chapter three there is a right time for every season under heaven yeah amen and so that is that is a lot of wisdom and i remember talia even saying during her interview how that uh you know there's no rush she was like yeah, yeah let's set these boundaries right. we're not going to talk about marriage for the first year yeah let's not she did she did not seem in a hurry to me yeah and I just now connected the fruit of your wisdom to her life. And I'm so excited about that. That's so cool. Yeah. And I'm glad she has that mentality, right? I yeah. think, gosh, she's had to wait uh, for a long time uh, until the right time, right? Mm. To be involved in mm-hmm. dating. Again, no one knows how this is necessarily going to right. turn out. But now that she's in it, to have the freedom to be able to enjoy it, that's so important, right? What's the point of waiting all this time to get into a meaningful dating relationship, principled dating relationship with a person Mm. that you feel like is the right one uh, to have that with and then feel like, oh, now I can't enjoy it Mm. because everything's, you know, all these expectations come with it. And I love that she and John are Mm. both able to kind of enjoy this time to be patient uh, through it and not feel like anything needs Mm. to be rushed. That word enjoyment that's a big deal. Yes. <laughs> and I had this thought as you were speaking about how we often think that restrictions tamp down our joy. Mm. And what you have explained and what we have seen as a fruit in Talia's life is that restrictions provide optimal joy. Yeah. They provide the opportunity and the guardrails for optimum joy yeah. and enjoyment. Yeah. And I think that that is a brain shift that we constantly at least I constantly have to remind myself of because it is opposite of what the world says and so thank you for bringing that wisdom into how you set these 
boundaries for dating for our kids and the philosophy behind the wisdom behind it. So here's another question. It's one thing to have wisdom mm-hmm. and it's uh, amazing and wonderful. It is a whole other animal to get your teenage kids to buy in. <laughs> To sure. win their hearts specifically in this area. And so could you talk a little bit about how you did that? How we won our kids' hearts? Yeah, how did we win our kids? I say we, but it's you because you're being interviewed. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about that. That's important because we've seen very, very godly parents set standards and it has not been effective. Yeah. And their kids go a different way. And it's heartbreaking. And so, yeah, what what's is there a secret sauce? Yeah. So, uh, I know, like, in a podcast that goes out into wherever, mm. God knows where, I, I always want to be a bit more um, careful not to be overgeneral, but also mm. not too specific that, sure. um, to overshare. Mm. Um, but since Talia put herself out there, we'll take Talia as an example. Right? Fair enough. Um, so, uh, Talia was our most challenging kid in terms of discipline, uh, growing up. Uh, and I mean, she just got, uh, she got disciplined quite a bit as a child, like every day for a period of years. Right. And mm. she just has a tough, uh, she's had a tough spirit. And, and mm. that was, um, I think, uh, so I guess where I would start is uh, winning your kid's heart. Winning your teenager's heart uh, begins with winning your kid's heart. Mm, I mean, it, okay. it's not an exercise you can like delay and wait and uh, until their teenage years mm. and say, oh, now I'm going to try really hard to win my kid's heart. It has to begin. That's mm. part of parenting. That's part of good parenting is you mm-hmm. win your car's heart from the get-go. Okay. And I think from the very beginning, what we wanted to always emphasize, what I always want to emphasize with Talia is dad might be a bit of a strict disciplinarian, but as, as strict as I am as a disciplinarian, I love even more, mm. right? And wow. so I, I've always, like, even That's with good. discipline, after disciplining, just being able to hug my daughter, mm. to be able to say, hey, I love you. This is why mm-hmm. uh, daddy disciplined you. And and then being able to put her back in a position to say, okay, now that you've been disciplined and daddy has shown you the right way to do it, now I want to see you do the right mm-hmm. thing. You know, and it's it's a constant interaction of discipline and training, but love woven in through all mm-hmm. that. Okay. And so I think having that foundation with Talia, uh, and again, all of our kids, right? Sure. But having that foundation with Talia meant that when she got to this place of high school and we released our we least start her into high school, there was already a trust built. Mm-hmm. My daughter already knows that, trust. hey, my dad believes in me, mm-hmm. loves me, and is out for my best. Mm-hmm. When you have that foundation, man, it gets, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, helping set dating standards is so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. Because now my daughter is believing the best. For me, mm-hmm. I feel like my job is just not to burn her trust, right? Not to allow my mm-hmm. insecurities or my worries or fears Ooh. to bleed into uh, irresponsible or inappropriate standards. And so when when we told Talia that, hey, we didn't want you dating in high school, we didn't sit down and say, hey, write it on a piece of paper. I'm signing this contract in blood. I will never date in high school. That's not how we, we did it, right? right? Or this is the rule. I'm not going to talk about it. You just can't. That's not mm. how we went about it, right? Mm-hmm. We said, Talia, um, 
you know, you know, the standard that we had with Josiah as well is that, hey, we're not, we think that uh, dating is a preparation for marriage and you guys are not prepared for mm. to get married anytime soon. And so for us, it doesn't seem to make sense to have you involved in dating relationships while you're in high school. So we just want to say, don't date in high school. Don't look to be in a dating relationship mm. in high school. But if something happens and something comes up, then let's have a conversation, mm. right? And so I think having that clarity or having that expectation with Talia mm-hmm. was easier because she's like, oh, okay, dad's setting this because he's out for my best and he's protecting me and mm. loves me, not because he's trying to control me. Uh, and so I do think, which I think someone who's built like Talia sure. would very strongly resist. She does not want to be controlled by anyone. Sure. Uh, and so um, so I think winning the heart, I, I, just to, to bring this all together, right? I feel like I'm talking a lot. It starts, winning the hearts of your children starts from the very beginning. Mm. It has to be a process of parenting throughout mm-hmm. their lives, right? Mm. And to be able to win their trust means I'm open with you. I'm honest with you. It means I know my children. Mm-hmm. I know that for Talia, she doesn't deal with BS, right? So if I'm <laughs> going to talk to her, I'm always, I always talk openly and directly with Talia. I don't mm. BS or dance too much around the bush because that's not how she is wired. That's not how she wow. receives things. And I always try and as much as possible, possible let her see my heart uh, Mm. behind decisions because I think when she knows my heart she's like okay dad's not again not trying to control me Mm. manipulate me and he's not doing it out of his own desires or or flesh he's doing this because he loves me and he wants my best and Mm. I think when that uh, when our kids believe that it's easier so much easier for them to say, okay, I'm more willing to follow and submit to that type of leadership. Mm, That is so good and so helpful. I think as you talked about when they're little, it starts there. Yeah. And I remember, (laughs) remember, tough, not tough times, challenging times, because it's a challenging season when you are disciplining every day because they are in training. Sure. But the process of going from little kids who just just have to obey mm-hmm. to older kids with whom you can share the why behind your commands yeah. and then to teenagers where you are talking more about them, sharing the why about the principles and decisions. So, so it sounds like a lot of the heart winning was open communication. Yeah. Um, not just about why these standards were for their good, mm-hmm. but even open communication about where we were, where our struggles were, where I know I remember sharing with Talia, but also all the kids, mistakes I had made in dating yeah. and how I did not want that for them and yes. why. And I was nervous because I was like, well, if they're not thinking about doing something, did I just give them an idea? (laughs) (laughs) But I think the openness of it, uh, it's, it is so key. And I think that's challenging. I think for parents, I think we feel a lot of times like we have to have all the answers and we are the authority and our kids are our kids Mm -hmm. and there's a clear line, but as they grow, we want that relationship with them. Yeah. Because that's what God has with us. That's right. He does give us commandments to obey and therefore are good. But the more we know God's heart, the easier it is to obey those commands. Yeah. And the more we want a relationship with him because we see his heart. So 
that that was really helpful, Frank. And the parallels are also very helpful. Um, I also, you did not mention this, and I think it's worth saying, so I wanted to give you a shout out about yeah. this one thing you did. You were very, very good at having an unshockable ear. Yeah. And also an unshockable face. I was not so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely read my emotions on my face and the tone of my voice, even when I tried to control them. But I think your ability to not be surprised mm. or let any kind of shock or disappointment or anything like that show on your face when the kids shared something with you really helped them trust you. Yeah. I really think what <laughs> sounds like I'm stone faced, but <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, not stone faced. I didn't uh, let me clarify. <laughs> no, 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 I know. Uh, in, not a stone face, but not the how dare you pearl clutching sure, response. Right. It was the loving father leaning in, mm -hmm. uh, coming alongside. Wow, it sounds like you're really struggling with that. Let's talk through it. Yeah. Other than how could you? What were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, and not that we've always been perfect in that. I know we, of course, make mistakes, but that is definitely something you do, and I've seen you do, and I think that has helped quite a bit. Yeah, thanks. Babe. You listen before you respond. And that's yeah. That's you, very helpful. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's what an unshockable ear means for me is that no matter what you say, mm -hmm. I'm not going to haphazardly reject you or turn away from you, mm -hmm. but I'm still leaning in and saying, okay, mm -hmm. I want to understand, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, and I still care for you. I still love you. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's the heart of the unshockable ear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like... Teenage, I appreciate what you're sharing, right? That when our kids were really young, it almost didn't matter mm -hmm. if they knew what we believed or not. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just, they just had to obey. In teenage years, uh, that's the age, that's the season in life when you're starting to forge your own beliefs. Right. And I think the hardest thing for parents sometimes is to realize our kids will sometimes choose or affirm beliefs that aren't in line with ours. And sometimes they're mm -hmm. doing it to test uh, sometimes it's not because they truly believe it, but they just want to, they just want to explore. They're pushing sure. some limits. That's something that's very natural in, in growing. Um, and then some they do buy in. They're like, hey, this is what mom and dad believe and I'll, I'll just believe those things too. And I think that's where the unshockable ear comes in. It's being able to say, look, I love you. Uh, even if some of the ways you choose or some of the beliefs that you're now choosing to own might be different from mm -hmm. ours. Mm. And uh, to still be able to say, hey, uh, sure, that's there's rain, there's freedom to do that, and we still love you mm. nonetheless. Um, so anyway, yeah, that is excellent. Yes, I think sometimes we can become fearful when we hear them choosing a different yeah path. And I'm not talking. I don't think we're talking about the not extremes. Yeah, we're not talking extremes, sure. but just just things like maybe political views or yeah. civil uh, opinions. I, I, we won't go into the details, but yes. It, it is very easy for parents to react with fear. Oh no, why is my kid believing that? Yeah. Tapping into the insecurities, what did I do wrong? Yes. And then what comes out is not a leaning in, understanding, let me come alongside, but an attack. Yeah. That we never intended, but because- We'll come across that we'll way. We'll come across that yeah. way. Unnecessarily. Ooh, unnecessary. That is so important. Ooh, that's good, that's good. All right. Um, so I know a lot of people uh, might be listening and thinking, okay, so you guys have had a unique experience with your family and the way you're wired and sure. this. Is there any 
general advice that you could give or thoughts you have in general about Christian dating, whether it's to parents or young people who are listening and want to head in the right direction. And yeah. yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I appreciate the question. So I think already we probably focus this time more on if you're a parent mm, of a teenager who's true. dating. So how about we shift gears and go in another direction and say, if this is where you are in life, right? Mm. That I'm I'm single um, and I'm potentially interested in being in a dating relationship. How should I think about it, right? Mm. And I think I guess where I would begin is to recognize and acknowledge that singleness really is a gift. It's, mm. I think... There are too many uh, Christians in particular who kind of go into this season of life thinking it's a bad thing, mm. right? To be single, that if I'm single, it means I'm not wanted. If I'm single, it means I'm lonely. If it's single, it means that, uh, you know, no, I'm not, I'm unworthy of a relationship or all. These are all lies. And I think we certainly as parents didn't want our, our children uh, walking into singleness, believing any of that, right? Right. Um, but I, I think it can be triggering in that way. Um, and so just to say, you know what, that's not how God views singleness. Um, and Paul actually, in the Bible, shares how singleness is actually an advantageous state, right? Right. That you can unhindered explore the wonders that God has for mm. you and discover unhindered, right, um, how he has create, uniquely created and crafted you, right? And you get to devote your full attention to discovering that. I think there's some beautiful stuff about that. That said, uh, I'll come along on the other side, right? One is that singleness is is a blessing. It's not a an undesirable state at all. Good. And second, I do think, man, I'd really encourage, uh, I do think there's sometimes this sense of entitlement when it comes oh. to dating, right? That, okay. and God doesn't owe you a boyfriend, mm. a girlfriend, and God doesn't owe you marriage either. True. I think sometimes we walk into this saying, well, if God doesn't give me a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, mm. um, you know, marriage, then he's not good or he doesn't love and it's just like, man, that is not something that um, that is a right reflection of who God is, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think one of the things that's really hard for young people to understand is that we will, you will have un having unfulfilled desire is not necessarily sinful or bad, right? Mm. Uh, we will go through our entire lives having certain desires that will be unfulfilled. And mm. I think for young people, it's yeah. like, look, if I'm lonely, if I want to be with someone and I'm not given that someone, that perfect someone, then, you know, God is disappointed with me or that's mm. a bad state or my disappointment can bleed into my relationship with God. And I would just say, yeah, I think I'd love to move, uh, move you away from that, right? Mm. Um, I think the way that life in this world is going to work is that we will have unfulfilled desires no, uh, it's okay. um, for the rest of our lives uh, until we are fully with God. Then he will satisfy every desire, fulfill every longing, right? Mm. Um, so um, the other things I would say is uh, if you're in this place where I'm considering um, dating, right, um, just to be able to think through, well, uh, if I am feeling lonely, I do want to be in a dating relationship because, um, you know, I, I want to be with someone. Maybe considering that dating isn't the only solution, right? Oh, okay. I think friendships, okay. uh, a relationship with God, and even being able to take an honest look at our hearts and our beliefs, mm. right? Is there something wrong about what we're believing that's causing us to think that we have to be in a dating relationship mm. if we're feeling lonely? 
Um, I also think clarifying your standards before you get into a dating relationship. I think that's something you and I mm, both did. Okay. Um, like, it almost sounds crazy to turn something <laughs> romantic into mechanical, but both of us made lists sure. of, of who we wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I know for me, the reason for my doing that, it actually came out of a previous relationship. Mm. And I realized, you know, I I got into this relationship and it was romantic, it was fun and all, but I don't know if... Uh, I was ever clear on what it is mm. I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I made a list uh, of, of things that I felt like were necessities mm. in my future wife, like things I, I knew that was really important. And there weren't a lot. It was sure. like that she believes in God, right? <laughs> that she's a Christian. Sure. And, um, and so, the, and then there were some preferences. And I said, mm. Lord, I'm just going to set these before you. But I think these are things I would love to have mm. in a future spouse. And I think uh, to be able to do that, uh, having some clarity before you get into mm. a relationship and get swept up in the, all the emotion of that is sure. really important. And the last thing I would say is uh, if you're in one, right, or preparing to get into a dating relationship, uh, always strive to be honest with yourself. Ooh. Uh, don't lie to yourself about okay. why you're in this relationship. Um, you mm. know, uh, don't be honest about why them, right? Him or her. Mm. Um, and then I think if the honest answers you come up with, mm. right, are ones that you believe, I mean, pleases the Lord and you'd be willing to share with your parents, your family, your friends, oh. then I think that they act as a guard uh, against your dating relationship going to a bad place. Wow. I think too much of bad dating relationships happen not because we didn't see that it was potentially going to a bad place, but we were not willing to be honest about it. Mm. We lied to ourselves because we wanted to just have someone. We wanted to not be lonely or whatever. And I think just being able to be honest um, really acts as a guard, right? And to be able to say, look, here's the honest answer. Maybe I really am in this this relationship because I find them attractive Mm. or I find them beautiful, but I know that they're not right for me. I just keep pushing that wow. down. You know, and I think if we're willing to be honest and then we believe in that honest answer, God would be pleased yeah. with that honesty and that we could even share it with other people and they'd be like, oh yeah, then I think it acts as a guard mm. against us going to dangerous and bad places. Yeah, and then you're free to enjoy yes. your dating relationship yeah, absolutely. instead of worrying. And I love what you shared about not just being honest with ourselves. That's huge. Mm-hmm. My goodness, if we could just learn that in general. Yeah. That would sure, be of course. very helpful. But also how you shared, if we are willing to be open, if we're willing to share our honest answers with the people close to us. Yeah. Because if you feel like you have to hide something, oh, yeah. that's always a red flag. It should be. Like, mm, that's right. Adam and Eve, Eve hid after they ate the apple. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. So incredible. My goodness, that was a lot of wisdom. I'm so thankful that you were able to share all that. And so before we sign off, because this is called Jesus Time, can you share with us what you are learning in your Jesus Times recently? Sure. And I want to say, I I mean, it's been an honor and a privilege to Mm. be able to go through this together, right? You and I have been in this battle um, Mm. together and loved our children well together and um, so certainly, uh, you get probably a bit more than 50% of the credit, <laughs> honestly. All right, sure. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I guess in my times with the Lord, so uh, I've been going through the book of Proverbs. Mm -hmm. I always, whenever I go through Psalms and Proverbs, I always think of what Billy Graham shared, that uh, he read five Psalms and one proverb a day, Mm -hmm. in addition to the things he was reading in the scriptures, Mm -hmm. the Psalms to know God better and the Proverbs to know people better. Mm, So good. uh, So it's been good being able to go through the book of Proverbs um, and a couple things just recently. One was uh, just learning to all the more guard my tongue. Uh, Proverbs 10, where words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Um, Mm. And just constantly being aware that, yeah, what I say, um, I think sometimes has uh, more effect than I may think. And so Mm. it it just all the more so I want to be a bit more careful about things that are shared. And then I shared this verse uh, in church actually on Sunday that I thought mm. was really cool from Proverbs 19 yeah. that we went through. Uh, Get all the advice and instruction you can mm. so you'll be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. That's Proverbs 19, 20, and 21. Mm. So uh, yeah, those are, are some of the passages that really stuck out to me recently. Wow. Thank you so much. I definitely need to talk less. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh my goodness. Um, well, thank you so much, Frank, for sharing your wisdom, your life, your Jesus times with us. Guys, I hope that you're blessed and I hope that you're encouraged. I know I am. I hope that you will find sweetness in your times with Jesus. Love you so much.